Welcome to Still Scared Talking Children's Horror, a podcast about creepy, spooky and disturbing children's books, films and TV. I'm Ren Wednesday, my co-host is Adam Wybray, and today we're talking about the 2019 series of The Demon Headmaster. A full transcript of this episode will be available, so check the show notes for that. Enjoy! Adam. Hello. Uh, <laughs> hi. Uh, this is our first uh, first time recording in the the new human era. Um, so excuse us if we are a little uh, bewildered. Um, I, I, I mean, theoretically, it shouldn't make any difference to our recording since we never record in the same room. But. Uh, <laughs> no, that's true. We we have actually been practicing social distancing for some time. Yeah, but you know, if you will allow us, or accept any mistakes we make, is wholly due to Corona. <laughs> uh, then that would be great. Please, please yeah, do that. We are recording on Zoom though, so um, that that's true. Um, which gives um, this whole thing a very kind of managerial style feel, <laughs> which is appropriate for the uh, <laughs> yeah. for the book that we're looking it's, at. And it's TV very series. it's very efficient. Um, yes. Um, so, um, we're here, uh, we're talking about, uh, the 2019 series, uh, reboot, sequel, something of, uh, The Demon Headmaster. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so the book here, which is based on, uh, The Demon Headmaster Total Control, um, is a reboot. So the tagline at the top of my copy says, he's back in a brand new adventure, which makes mm-hmm. the Demon Master seem like a kind of... Like a, like a big blue dog or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but the book is quite different um, to the programme, as we will discuss. Uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't read the book, but I will, um, I will take your word for it. Um, well, I mean, the main difference being that, as you say, this new series is kind of at once both a reboot and a sequel. Yeah, um, um, we should probably say that we're going to full spoiler this uh, from the beginning. And there are some fairly significant spoilers. So um, if, if you want to watch it, like do that first. Um, and uh, I, I would say it's worth a watch. It is actually, yeah. Um, it's um, it was better than I thought it would be. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so yeah, it's sort of you you think this is going to be a reboot of the series, updated uh, for the twenty tens with new characters, and it is. But as it goes on, it turns out it's actually a sequel to the nineteen ninety six series, and ends up tying that series in sort of. It's sort of surprising in a, a quite delightful ways for um, adults like us who grew up with that series. 
Um, yeah, and I think manages to do it so that it's interwoven into the narrative and it has this dual appeal and this dual address, but it's not doing that thing you get in cynical kids' animations like Shrek and Shrek 2 and Shrek 3 and Christmas Shrek and Halloween Shrek. <laughs> um, when you've, you've got the kind of cutesy stuff for the kids and then the uh, innuendo for the adults. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I feel that this isn't talking down to kids, um, but yeah, it, it's certainly watchable uh, from an adult perspective as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll give a brief summary of it. Um, we're not going to go into all the details of the plot as it is uh, 10 half hour episodes and there's a, a fair bit of meandering that um, we don't really need to cover all the ins and outs of. Yeah, I was going to uh, be charitable and say labyrinthine. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's it's kind of a very similar premise to the original series or the first book, um, but the details are different. Uh, it's a failing school, Hazelbrook Academy. It gets a new headmaster and suddenly the students become models of excellence and obedience. Uh, he, of course, is achieving this through hypnotism and it's up to a group of plucky students to overthrow him as the stakes keep escalating and his ambitions of control grow to encompass the whole country. Um, this time, our cast of characters are... Tyler and Lizzie Warren, uh, who are siblings, played by Ellie Botterill and Jordan Cremont. Uh, they're our central protagonists. Um, their mother is ill and they've been away to the US to try and help her find a cure. And when they return to Hazelbrook in the first episode, everything's changed. Um, Ethan Prendergast slash Adebayo, played by Dijon Campbell, is Hazelbrook's football star. Although, as we find out, uh, before the Demon Headmaster's intervention, he was keen on coding, not sports. He he has an ongoing storyline about discovering the truth about his parents' recent death, um, the knowledge of which has been suppressed by the Headmaster. Um, Angelica Maron, played by Laurie Stott, is the Deputy Head's daughter and is uh, introduced as the perfect mini-capitalist entrepreneur selling overpriced kale and cabbage smoothies from her Angelic Eats stand in the school. And uh, it's a big surprise when in episode four she's prompted to remember her activist past and uh, suddenly starts to spearhead the revolution. Yeah, in Extinction Rebellion, which is nice. Oh, was it? Well, the badge that um, her mother has is an Extinction Rebellion badge with a line through it. Ah. Yeah, quite, li- quite literally. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so whether that's genuinely thematic or just quite lazy art direction, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Um, and finally, uh, Blake Vinny, played by Jordan Rankin. Uh, he's, in my, in my opinion, the most interesting character. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because he's Glaswegian. But... Uh, Incidentally, I do really love hearing a Glaswegian accent on TV. Um, it made me happy. Um, he starts out as the bully threatening Tyler uh, and then has a really interesting story throughout the series as he's kind of subject to the most intense psychological torture by the headmaster, uh, starting off as head welcomer, which is kind of equivalent to the prefects in the original series, and then demoted to janitor before joining the resistance. And did you think that orange jumpsuit he ends up wearing as a janitor looked a lot like an American 
uh, prisoner. <laughs> it did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was very much the uh, vibe to it. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think um, uh, the actor does a really, a really compelling job of portraying this kind of suppressed rage under Blake's hypnotised veneer. Yeah, and um, sort of painful cognitive dissonance. Like there are times uh-huh. where it really looks like his brain is kind of breaking, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I thought we could start by uh, talking about the uh, the differences between how the hypnotism works in in this series but in the original. Sure. Well, it, well, it's still the eyes, right? He doesn't have like uh, yeah, a, yeah. a spinning hypnotic belly button. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, no, that's true. That 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 has uh, that hasn't been updated for the um, for the twenty first century. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the, it's a it's a different headmaster. We've said this <laughs> before. Right? It's a different headmaster, but uh, with a, a a similar demeanor, slightly less kind of gaunt and Victorian. Like, yeah, he, he doesn't wear a cape. Yeah, and he doesn't look like John Major. Yes, he, he's a bit more. He's a bit more chiselled, but it is very much meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Hmm. Um. So in the original series, there was a, a core group of protagonists who called themselves Splat, um, who were immune to the hypnotism. Uh, while the rest of the school were in complete thrall to the headmaster. Um, but in this series, it seems like no one is immune, but there's a greater emphasis on the fact that the hypnotism wears off um, and has to be sort of regularly reapplied, like sun cream. Oh, to, to, quote, to quote Zizek, you know, we're eating from the trash kind of ideology all the time. <laughs> Uh, you know, none of us are immune. Um, and when you think you're the most immune, that's when you're the most susceptible. Ah. Oh. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's kind of interesting because it means that the, the sort of core characters kind of fade in and out of awareness of what's happening to them. Yeah, um, and in and out of solidarity, right? It mm-hmm. makes for a more kind of alienating and pretty disturbing experience at times because they can't ever wholly trust one another. Yeah. Um, and there are times where they do awful things to each other under hypnotism. Um, so, like, you know, in the original, it's very much this sense of the plucky kids banding together. And actually, you do get some of that in the book, whereas I found in the series that, yeah, everyone seemed far more atomized. Mm-hmm. I think particularly with Angelica and Blake, they sort of end up kind of switching between sort of two distinct personalities kind of across the series. Um, mm. and you're never quite sure which one is going to be present <laughs> um, for the, um, the kind of hypnotised self or the conscious self. Um, Although the demon headmaster um, in this series um, utilises technology... Um, sometimes to hypnotise people in a similar way to in the original. So obviously you have the octopus hypnosis in the second season of the original Demon Headmaster. 
and on this mm. one, you know, there's a there's a phone apps for the for the parents. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. All the parents uh, are given a, a tablet uh, that um, top sort of tops up the hypnotism <laughs> to uh, to to keep the kids in line when they're not in school. Um, in a yes, quite a quite a black mirror sort of. Uh, scenario really yeah um, i mean i really like this as a critique because it does capture the way that institutions and companies um have kind of cottoned on to this oh we're doing something that's good for you and nice and charitable um well you know actually taking back rather more than they're giving um mm-hmm. like it kind of reminds me of mark fisher's critiques of like mindfulness culture um, mm-hmm. And just a wellness culture uh, in corporate settings and how, you know, if, say, you're unhappy at work and you might have genuine good concrete reasons to be unhappy at work. You know, you might have an uh-huh. open plan office and uh, your chairs aren't very ergonomically designed to give you backache. So you, you know, get a uh, wellness check through on your email and you say, oh, actually, I'm, I'm not doing so well. And then, you know, you get an email from HR saying, oh, we're really concerned about how well you're doing, so we're going to um, put you on a mindfulness course in your lunch breaks. Um, you know, no, you're not going to get paid for doing that course, and yes, you are going to have to do it in your lunch break time, uh, <laughs> but this is for your own good, and it's to show how much we care about you. Um, uh-huh. It kind of reminded me of that, in a way. Um, this way that I think Gillian Cross is clearly kind of interested in the way that kind of schools have become more corporatist. Mm-hmm. And like this academization of schools, right? And there's a good interview with her that I'll um, link to, or I'll send to you to link to in the show notes about this. Yeah, um, yeah. And her kind of scepticism towards the way that schools are being more privatised and sort of <laughs> bringing in outside businesses into schools, etc., Yes, and Angelica and her uh, and her, her cake and coffee still definitely get uh, get the brunt of this uh, <laughs> this ire. Um. Yeah, yeah. She Gillian Cross seems to really dislike um, <laughs> pretentious pop up coffee places. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I'm I'm a sucker because when I was reading it, there's a bit about a sort of ginger hot chocolate, and I was like, oh. Mm. <laughs> sounds rather nice or oh, sprinkles and, you know on top and then one of the kids drinks it it's like it's disgusting yeah <laughs> uh, um i was uh this is a this is a tangent i, I was uh floored uh i was i was shocked and stunned when uh, she was selling cupcakes at like a um the school assembly thing and she had a, a portable card reader to, <laughs> to, to sell cupcakes to the parents <laughs> My God, <laughs> she what is a villain. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, anyway, what was it? It's like the moment where you threw something in rage at the television. Yeah. <laughs> a child with a card reader. <laughs> Truly, it's gone too far. Um, uh, yeah, hypnotism. Another new aspect of the hypnotism is... Um, it's the idea that the headmaster has sort of hypnotised each student into taking up a different speciality within the school, uh, usually quite at odds with whatever they were interested in before. Um, for example, Lizzie becomes the school's 
Ba- ba- I, I was going to say Macrame. Yeah, I almost was going to say Macrame. <laughs> <laughs> but sadly, it's not. <laughs> Bakuan expert, I think. It's a martial arts, right? A form of Chinese martial art, yeah. Um, and uh, Tyler becomes a robotics uh, specialist. Um, um, I, I was wondering if you thought um, that there was a sort of subtext of kind of racial class profiling in the specialisms that the kids are given i uh, did until the chinese martial arts was introduced and mm. then i wasn't so sure um yeah because so the idea is ethan who's one of the only uh, black kids in our central cast right mm. is been good computing and then he's sort of been coercively switched onto sports and then um, Lizzie's um, slightly kind of socially awkward, geeky brother who actually really likes magic is being yeah, made an expert in computers and robotics and actually doesn't really like computers. Yeah, so, and uh, Lizzie's friend Sophie, who's uh, East Asian, becomes is made an expert on science after previously having been into art. That's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. I guess there's a sort of, yeah, the white boy Silicon Valley type. Is, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it is probably there. Um, I was a bit thrown by the martial arts because of the fact that that's also not in the book. So in oh, the okay. book, um, Lizzie's the one who has to, um, learn the Shakespeare sonnets. Uh, okay. Which is given to another minor student um, yeah 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 in the program mm. Mm. yeah I mean I think it's uh, it's not it's not very um, prominent but I think there's a I think there's a there's a shade of that of um, uh, the thing that's definitely the same about the hypnotism uh, is the way that uh, sort of stock phrases are placed in people's heads uh, so that, that when they try and tell anyone about the headmaster, uh, all they can do is repeat that he's <laughs> he's inspirational, he's really turned the school around. Um, when, uh, in contrast to the original series, uh, the headmaster <laughs> is a marvellous man and this is the best school I've ever been to. <laughs> um, and it's interesting because superficially he has, right? So it's a bit like a sort of clockwork orange type argument mm-hmm. um, that, you know, certainly the kids are much more better behaved, for instance, that, you know, we would say, for instance, you know, Blake used to be a terrible bully and now he's not bullying anyone. You know, this mm-hmm. we would normally see this as, I guess, a good thing, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> um, but, you know, they have no free will in this situation. Um <laughs> I think there's also this sort of sense that, and you get this more clearly in the book, the idea that they're not really learning. And this strikes me as a kind of critique of some Michael Gove's education mm-hmm. reforms, where this a return to more rote learning and this sort of mm-hmm. devaluation of the humanities and learning critical thinking skills. Um, he was he was the, uh, yes. the Conservative Party Education Secretary. Yeah, and I think that, that was definitely a theme in the... In the original book and series as well, because the you had the kids uh, standing around in in circles at, at lunchtime, like uh, chanting uh, their times tables and uh, yeah. the kings and queens of England and that sort of thing. 
Um, so, yeah, I think that's definitely a, a preoccupation. It doesn't come across so much in the series. No, I'd agree with that. Um, um, although, although the, the, the speed at which the uh, they become uh, adept at their new skills definitely <laughs> shows that they they haven't actually learned it themselves. It's like the Matrix. It is like the Matrix. That's what I was thinking of. Yes, that's what it always makes me think of. <laughs> uh, so he's definitely learned some new tricks in his twenty-year uh, sabbatical um, from Demon Headmastering. Well, you say he, but of course, it's not necessarily the same demon headmaster. The entity that creates demon headmasters has learned some new tricks. Yeah, because we get the impression by the end of the series, you might you might disagree with me that yeah, that it, they're a kind of I don't know race of creatures, uh-huh. maybe like an alien race or possibly manufactured. Yeah. By yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like 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 Pokemon, <laughs> but Demon Headmasters. Demon Headmaster. Demon Headmaster. Demon Headmaster. Um. Demon Headmaster uses hypnotism. Um. Um. So yeah, we talked a bit about the technology. Uh, there's definitely a. A large expanded role of the technology in this um, in this series uh, with um, tablets um, and drones and electronic wristbands um, helping enforce the demon headmaster's uh, authority. Yeah, um, it's always technology being used to control people, even mm. while it's you know being presented as fun or something that might be enjoyed. Yeah. Um, or for dr- your own good, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's definitely the critique of the drones. Yes, they do. Um, the the drones do routine checks on the kids to to make sure they're doing their homework. Um, and uh, and by episode four, uh, kind of zooming about all over the school, uh, enforcing the rules, um, including. Um, <laughs> no, I particularly enjoyed hoving into view, uh, beeping, warning, unsustainable market practice when Angelica starts giving away food and drink uh, for free. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, did it uh, remind you of your food not bomb days at uni? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, um, what do you think of the uh, the political social justice themes of the of the show yeah i mean i i thought they were done pretty convincingly i mean the you know the xr style flashbacks are a little bit cringy (laughs) at times but you know you kind of need them to be a bit obvious so you can get Mm -hmm. the idea across quickly and efficiently um Mm -hmm. i thought as a critique of surveillance culture, it was pretty dead on. Um, I mean, it's interesting because to me, it was making its if it if we decide to read the new Demon Headmaster as a political text, which right you don't you don't have to you can <laughs> you know. Um, it seemed to me to be coming often from a more kind of like libertarian position 
than okay. I kind of left wing. Well, you know, because there's, there's not much. It's interesting because while there's this critique of like the academization and these kids being forced to specialize, there's not really the sense which you do get to a degree in the original that, you know, the class all needs to sort of come together in collective revolt against the demon headmaster. You know, there isn't really much sense mm. of solidarity in this. And a lot of the critiques seem to be focused on the idea that the demon headmaster is taking away their individual free will and their individual rights to say, you know, be disruptive or, or even be a bully, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like, a, a lot of the critiques seem to be around, say, individual liberty, um, which, you know, I'm not saying, oh, I disagree, get rid of all individual liberty. <laughs> um, but those concerns strike me as quite kind of libertarian concerns. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what do you think? Um, I mean, I thought I thought there was some interesting, uh, some interesting stuff around um, around Blake and around Lizzie's mum. With Blake, uh, his his uh, speciality is um, is being a janitor. Um, It's not really a speciality, but I mean. Yeah, that's that's what's decided because uh, the headmaster says uh, you're of low intelligence. Take pride in menial tasks and small achievements, um, and uh, uh, I don't know. I thought that was, um, I thought yeah, that was an interesting um, comment on the the, the headmaster's. Uh, I mean, it's the more explicit the headmaster's. Uh, fascist views yeah this one um yeah i guess it yeah that you never really have any kind of hint of a kind of eugenicist mindset in the original yeah but i feel like that that is the that is definitely there in this one um like um as lizzie's mum is is ill um and there's a there's a point where there's there's a, there's a bit where the all, all the parents get what what actually happens there? The, the, it's a kind of alternative version of of the school. At oh, the end. that's really strange. What the kind of strange like living thought experiment? Bit. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, yeah, like it was, it's, it's quite fairly odd. bizarre, but um, yeah, like so Lizzie makes some kind of. You know, um, Faustian pact with the team uh-huh. headmaster, and basically, um, he says, "Oh, I'll um, cure your mother from being mm. from her illness if you go along with everything that I say." Mm. And so she accepts, and then, yeah, and the, the, then the mother so it sort of is suddenly the uh, the deputy head of the school, and. Um, uh various other things have suddenly changed um and um and lizzie sort of is, is just wildly confused and is like well, what happened to to your illness her mum and her mum says illness is weak and inefficient and lizzie says no it's not it's just something that happens um uh which i thought was quite a nice um just a juxtaposition of um of uh, 
demon headmaster views and a more humane view of the human condition. <laughs> well, yeah, and sort of this demon headmastery view is rather aligning with that of our current government and uh-huh, uh-huh. the Department of Workfare and Pensions. Yes. Yeah. And in, term, in terms of janitors, obviously, you know, there's been a fair amount written on how much the coronavirus has brought home on how important, say, people um, doing waste disposal are compared mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. I don't know, yep. advertising executives. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, someone calls him a fascist and throws a milkshake at him. <laughs> that does happen, yeah. It, do, it does happen. It was great. I really enjoyed it. Um, (laughs) unfortunately blake takes the brunt of the milkshake yeah you gotta expect some kind of splatter damage whereas you know if this had been made back in the 90s it would have been gunge (laughs) would have been gunge you know why don't we why do we have gunge a fascist (laughs) um I, I, I was uh, skipping forward a bit, but I was very happy to hear the um, callback to the Eddie Hare show. Um, oh, no. <laughs> so, so who's the guy? So, And I watched this with my partner, Antonio, and she was quite excited or pleased to see Eddie Hare. So who was it who played Eddie Hare? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Um, uh, they, is he they, in this? No, but... No. Well, I think you see a sort of... Shot, there's this bit... <laughs> It's a very confusing bit, which I really liked. Um, where I think you know what I'm going to say. When they go onto a computer to try to sort of investigate the Eddie Hare show and like the old Demon Headmaster, and mm. it's like they go on this sort of bizarre. It looks like a kind of I don't know if it's meant to be like Preserve GeoCities site. Uh-huh. It, it's like this sort of bizarre series of flash animations, yeah, um, with, with imagery from the original series. Yeah, and it, they I don't really see. learn anything from it at all. It's really strange. <laughs> no, well, but no, they do. They they get the um, they they find the coordinates to the old school. Oh, okay. okay. Um, but but yeah, th- this is at the start of episode six, um, <laughs> where the kids literally Google spooky headmaster <laughs> 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 to um, to try and uh, find, figure out what's. Um, <laughs> to try and figure out what's going on, uh, which uh, seems like a very uh, a very realistic thing to do um, in this scenario. Um, so, um, but it's it's also like it's interesting. So they look that up, and it's got lots of people like on message boards saying, "Oh, you remember that creepy old headmaster when he was on the Eddie Hare show?" And it was kind of great because it was kind of like you'd have people discussing the Demon Headmaster nostalgically. Online. Yeah, 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 which, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which was neat. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was a neat. Um, um, oh, okay, it was Danny John Jules. Is that who played Eddie Hare? Is that cat? he's the cat? cat. He's yeah, cat. from Red yes. Dwarf. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, that makes sense. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so, so this is when this is. Um, so episode six of ten, this is when we start getting these uh, these callbacks to the old series, um, and the kids go on this kind of 
bizarre GeoCities flash animation trail and find the coordinates, uh, the map coordinates to the old school. And uh, when they go there, they find um, photos of the kids on the wall in the old um, green school uniform um, and uh, an oil painting of uh, Terence Hardiman's headmaster on the wall in the office. Which, which, I, <laughs> which I hope he now has in his home. I, I, I really hope so. It seems like he'd be into that, <laughs> um, judging by the, the antics that we hear of him uh, what, 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 and I don't hear any antics. Oh, I, I heard anecdotes on Twitter of um, of him uh, uh, playing up to a demon headmaster to oh, uh, to see. people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, uh, yeah, the, so the the phone in the headmaster's office rings, and it's uh, Terence Hardiman's voice saying, "Look into my eyes," um, and the the eyes on the painting move. <laughs> they they find a secret compartment in the office uh, and a, a VHS a VHS tape in the in there um, and then they all go what eh what's this I've never seen one before because I'm a child um, no they don't but um, yeah uh, they oh, it's like it's like most of my students with DVDs or <laughs> or w- watching films in cinemas yeah yeah or, or in a group. Um, <laughs> um, they, uh, they 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 try to leave with this VHS tape, and then the headmaster um, does something sinister with a map and sort of deploys members of the public um, that sort of start uh, circling in on them. Um, and a lollipop lady says, "Conformity brings happiness and health." Uh, as they uh, they try to escape, but they're sort of penned in by these people who are filming them on phones. Um, and uh, it, it sort of turns out that uh, resistance is futile, and uh, Angelica gives over the tape to save her friends. Um, but they find a bit of paper inside the empty VHS case uh, that looks blank, but under the light. They can make out the words, my name is Dinah Hunter, and if you're reading this, it's happening again. Um, Which is quite exciting. Yeah, yeah, Uh, because, you know, Dinah Hunter's the protagonist from the first Demon Headmaster. They they try to find uh, Dinah online, but just uh, come up with an obituary. Um, but the next day at school, a, a new stern brunette teacher turns up uh, and then rides off on a motorbike when it's found out that she's not meant to be there, sending all the headmaster's drones spinning out of the sky, um, which is pretty cool. Um, <laughs> it turns out that that's Dinah and she works for MI6. Um, and uh, there's also a, a tantalising mention of Rose, who is um, who is the kind of... The very sort of chilling, sadistic prefect from the original series. Um, and the fan favourite character. And the fan favourite. She's brilliant. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it was very exciting to to get a mention of Rose. I, I was excited. When oh, no, I was excited too. Um, but I'm not entirely sure with what they, <laughs> they do with the characters. Yeah, so... So, how it plays out is that... So you, you think that Dinah's got a brilliant plan? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah, you, re- you really think... Because th- there's a sort of... 
there's this kind of showdown in the old school involving a bomb. This is the first showdown involving a bomb. There's then one later on as well. But in this first show, showdown involving a bomb, Blake manages to disarm it and and um, uh, Dinah kind of gets captured by the demon headmaster um, and uh, starts, you know, parroting his phrases and being, you know, thoroughly hypnotized at which point you think ah she's just pretending to be hypnotized she's going to have a brilliant plan yeah uh, diana hunter wouldn't just be another drone (laughs) um or would she um but uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah um, well you know we all get older uh we all all lose the uh, heady independence of youth and uh go to work for MI5, so, you know, <laughs> yeah. she's already, she'd already copped out to the system by this point. I guess so, um, and uh, I guess they did need to, to leave it to the, uh, to the actual kids to, uh, save the day, but, uh, yeah, Dinah is, uh, much, much of a lemon, uh, for, for most of it. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, she's quite easily, uh, um, easily dealt with, really. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> um. She d- does not. Yeah, I mean, um, Antonia was quite disappointed by that and thought it was quite an odd thing for Gillian Cross to do. Um, but it's notable that Dinah doesn't appear at all in the book in Total Control. So uh-huh. I, I do wonder whether this was Gillian Cross's decision and to what degree she, mm-hmm. you know, was consulted on the on the screenplay for the TV series yeah. or not um because it does seem odd for you know Gillian Cross wrote half a dozen or so Demon Head Master books all with Diana Hunter as the protagonist it does seem quite strange to bring back your yeah. beloved protagonist only for them to be kind of felled <laughs> at the first hurdle and become a kind of fascist drone for the, the rest of the series <laughs> yeah until they're saved at the end yeah yeah, yeah, it was a slightly odd choice. But I don't know, We all, as I said, we all disappoint ourselves as we get older, you know, maybe it makes sense, you know, our childhood heroes aren't, aren't what they were, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, the other slightly odd choice is that it turns out that um, Lizzie and Tyler's mum is Rose. Um, um yeah yeah okay so so yeah we we better work this out i guess because it is quite strange Mm. so at some point during her childhood or during the original series did the demon headmaster what implant a virus i mean there's a lot of kind of bioengineering stuff in like you Uh know sort of fourth third fourth series of demon headmaster so is that it does he he, he's, he's clearly given her some kind of chronic illness or mm-hmm. debilitating condition. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a microchip? Did he? Did he do that? Rose to come into his office and then, you know, put something in her brain. <laughs> could could be could be. I mean, Rose. Um, I it's been so long since I've read them, but Rose definitely ha- continues to have a role after after the first book. Um, like beyond the the school era, like yeah. Rose is still there. Um, I think I think he had a fairly there's a there's a fairly long uh, 
relationship with Rose. Yeah. So I guess this is just part of his... Well, the other Demon Head Masters kind of control over her and did this thing, you know, making her unwell in order that if she tried to remember her true self or break free, like, I think it's like she's kind of been put on standby, basically. Uh-huh. You know, so she's been kind of cooped away in this new suburban house with a kind of new identity. And then, you know, if the Demon Head Master or the super being that controls all the Demon Head Masters needs to dispatch Rose. Uh-huh. Again, you know, she's kind of there to be dispatched and has this kind of illness so she can't fight back. Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> Maybe. That, yeah, yeah. Something. <laughs> that, that, that was, yeah, my, my, my fevered attempts at trying to make sense of it because I didn't really understand, if I'm honest. <laughs> no, me neither. I think that, that's, a, that's a, good, a good gist of it. Um <laughs> Yeah. So sorry, listeners, if you're just like, what what is he prattling about at this point? Because honestly, I I don't really know what happened near the end of the the series. It got a bit confusing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't even have a suspected coronavirus, and I also found it quite confusing. So, um... <laughs> um... <laughs> thanks. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Um, I've been I've been going back and forth on like <laughs> like arguing with myself, kind of Gollum style. I'm like I'm like, but she looks nothing like Rose. Like, yes, but lots of adults don't look like they did when they were ten. <laughs> yes, but she really looks nothing like her. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm surprised they didn't get back the original performers, actually. Mm. But you know probably moved on with their lives we can't really expect <laughs> expect people to be like rose sat and cool ready to be dispatched for the new rebooted demon head master any given yeah. moment admittedly <laughs> i mean i i thought the uh the adult diner was uh i i i believed in her being yeah being the adult diner um the adult rose just i, I just found it hard to to square with the with the child actor. Uh. Yes, I, I would agree with that. Um, but we do get one cast member back. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes. Um, right at the very end. Um, um, who who turns up but uh, the original Demon Headmaster himself? Although I totally thought he was going to turn out to be the Prime Minister, but maybe that would have been um, too strong a political statement. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so uh, Terence Hardiman's uh, headmaster turns up. Uh, this is um, when uh, the uh, the kids have, have hacked hacked the uh, the new demon headmaster's attempt to hypnotise the, the Prime Minister and the country and... Uh, so old Demon Headmaster turns up and says, The operation's failed. We need to put in the, uh, the emergency exit strategy. Um, we need to destroy um, this, this, the, new, the new Headmaster. Um, even, even though we, we spent uh, 20 years in hibernation working on this new body. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, needs to go. Um, so... Um, and he uh, sets a timer for an explosive device in the school. Um, 
reveals himself to be a hologram and um, kind of nonchalantly says, I can build a new one. It's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, 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 my holograms are actually my, my texture of the week. Oh. The, oh. The, the texture that is not a texture, although more of a texture <laughs> than Ava's so-called social texture. <laughs> okay, shall we? Uh, yeah, yeah. What, uh, uh, what's this? I like how you were trying to match the uh, the pitch there of uh, of your instrument. Very harmonious. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I am in a band, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, you are. What, what's your band called? Um, I don't have a name yet, <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm the drummer. So uh, yeah, a hologram texture, Adam. Mm, yeah. So um, the holograms. So in the in the book, Total Control, um, the demon. Headmaster often doesn't even kind of deign to make a real appearance in front of kids. He just sort of sent dispatches this hologram instead. Oh, okay. Um, and yeah, I, there's a description of the hologram I really liked. Mm. Ethan started the film playing again and saw the door opening and Lizzie walking into the room, but the headmaster wasn't there. Ethan frowned. That didn't make sense. Lizzie wouldn't have gone in without being called, so where was the headmaster? Lizzie looked just as baffled as Ethan felt, but only for a few seconds. Then, in the middle of the room, the air began to sparkle and shiver, like a cloud of tiny silvery midges. At first it was just a strange formless shimmering, but gradually it thickened and a tall figure began to take shape. Ethan saw Lizzie open her mouth as if she was going to speak, but she didn't say anything. She just stared as the headmaster appeared in front of her, with one hand raised to take off his dark glasses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like shimmery, sparkly holograms. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, I have uh, two food textures. Oh. Um uh, one being the uh, the chunky green smoothie that uh, Angelica tries to to sell the kids for exorbitant prices from her stall, um, which did look distinctly unappetising. Um, oh, I thought it looked quite nice. Oh, okay. I mean, I you know, I I've been, I've been drinking green smoothies for uh, for a long time. Yeah, so. I, I you know, I remember um, you know when. When we were both in New York, you know, you'd always be serving up kale and kale alone, kale sprinkled with kale. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I was on, I was on the the kale bandwagon. Um, but now it's become popular. You're, no, you're just too cool. It was, for it was it. just. It was just the chunks, Adam. It was just the chunks in the smoothie. Chunks o oh, kale. Chunks o oh, kale that uh, I found um, un- unappetizing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't mind a chunky smoothie. Okay. Um, and um, uh, chunky blue icing uh, being smeared on a muffin was was my other texture and uh, the uh, the kids are hypnotised into helping bake goods for Angelica's stall and uh, 
they're sort of smearing very, very thick, very blue icing on muffins. To be, to be fair, you know, and we are in lockdown and some degree of rationing is to be expected. So, you know, I think if I was offered, you know, a vegan chunky <laughs> blue muffin or a kale smoothie <laughs> at this at this moment in time, <laughs> I wouldn't be turning it down. I mean... Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Uh, no, I, I definitely, I definitely didn't um, factor in enough uh, enough sweets <laughs> for, for, for lockdown. <laughs> oh, oh no, I hear you. Seriously, like, <laughs> my mum's gone out, you know, shopping once, and you know, I was like, please, please bring back sweets. And bless her, she brought back a packet of sweets, but I don't think. <laughs> I don't think she understood. <laughs> I tried to look pleased and thankful, but, you know, <laughs> wasn't quite the quantity I was hoping for, I will admit. Um, and the inevitable yeah, happened, yeah. Her, you know, the, the next day, me being like, oh, is there anything for dissolved pudding anywhere, mum? And she was like, oh, well, why don't you have your sweets, Adam? Like, what, what, those sweets you gave me yesterday? As if, as if they would still be around. <laughs> <laughs> Has the corona yeah. rattled your brains, mother? <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I was very polite about it. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I'm very, um, uh, yeah, thankfully very um, uh, stocked up on uh, tin tomatoes and um, uh, onions and... Um, uh, <laughs> well, I've, I'd already got my Brexit stockpile at least, but oh, okay. it's not much of a stockpile. Like it's about twelve cans, and I've already started in on them. Uh, it's mo- mostly, ju- you know, just canned fruit. Got some canned rhubarb, which I'm saving really? for a rainy day. Yeah, oh, cool. Well, you have to report back on that if you uh, okay. Yeah, I'm if quite, you break into it, um, quite excited by by that. Um, yeah, I haven't started a sourdough yet. <laughs> No, that I seems gone, to be. A, I haven't gone that far. Seems but. seems to be a thing. I mean, I get a bit freaked out by my mum's sourdough stuff. She's got this yeast she calls Norman, <laughs> and she'll be like, "Oh, I'm just off to feed Norman." I, it gives it gives me the fear. I do not like it. <laughs> like, oh no! Oh, Norman died. Oh, don't worry. I'll get a new Norman. <laughs> <laughs> have you eaten Norman's offspring now? Y- yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, I guess he's planning revenge as we speak, <laughs> I imagine. Y- y- yeasty minds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I have a. I made a, a list of um, dystopian sound bites um, from the series. Um, I'll paste them into the Zoom chat, and I thought we could take turns reading them out. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, you know, I could always use them as like little stabs between because I've been listening to more podcasts, obviously, mm. and you know, a lot of these podcasts, they you know, they have like little comedy stabs, don't they? Like little, they do, yeah, yeah, mm. like like a proper radio show. So mm-hmm. you know, maybe we need some of those. Um. Okay, do you, do you, do you want to start, Ren? Okay. A disorderly appearance creates a disorderly mind. He's inspirational. He's really turned the school around. Disorder is the enemy of achievement. Conformity 
brings health and happiness. Resistance will only bring pain. Unacceptable levels of emotion. Control, command, conquer. We do not celebrate runners-up at Hazelbrook. Have a profitable day. We uh, we, 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 we can, can all, all express, express our, our true, true selves. selves. The innocent student has nothing to hide. I fulfilled your deepest desire. I make the decision so you don't have to. Well, that's nice. Hmm. <laughs> oh, I feel quite calm after all of that. <laughs> quite, quite comforting <laughs> Re- reassuring in these uh, times of crisis you know <laughs> I, guess, I guess these draconian measures are needed after all. <laughs> oh look there's one of the government's drones outside my window now <laughs> um. yeah I mean um. you, you, you can definitely imagine Followers of the Demon Headmaster snitching on people for their second runs. Kind of <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any, any any final final thoughts? Uh, I mean, I think that might be all my thoughts. Um, what forever? <laughs> oh no! It might be. <laughs> um, You're done. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm, I'm packing in the old the old brain machine now. Um, okay, yeah, well, uh, the only <laughs> thing I've got is something I can't usefully show over the podcast, which is that um, my, my copy of the book has, like, it's got a little I- icon of an eye with, like, a kind of spiral. And mm. as you flick the pages, the eye opens and closes, like in a Ooh. flick book. Ooh, nice. Oh, that's good. I'm glad to see flick, flick book technology is still uh, is still around. Yeah, the, kid, the kids still love it. They still love the flick book technology. Oh, I've, no. I've got, I... Sorry. I did have something else to say, which is that it took me, like, I was, like, six episodes in before I realised it was meant to be set, set in Glasgow. Um Oh, uh, I, don't, I don't think I, that really twigged for me. Yeah, it? yeah, it, yeah. It was filmed in Glasgow, but there's only one character with a Glasgow accent, um, and like a few other characters with other Scottish accents. It's quite confusing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to claim it though. Um, oh, cool! F- for nice. my adopted uh, home city. Oh. <laughs> Uh. Nice. Well, shall we continue with the um, recent children's programming and do the uh, second season of Creeped Out next? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, and it's very good. So, yeah. Cool. And if you guys need something to watch during lockdown, um, Demon Headmaster's worth a watch, I think. Good child acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yep, sorry if this has been a bit... Um spacier than normal um everything's a bit weird but um we're doing our best (laughs) (laughs) that should be our tagline (laughs) everything's a bit weird but we're doing our best Uh, uh (laughs) (laughs) um yeah (laughs) uh cool um uh theme music is by maki yamazaki 
uh, artworks by Letty Wilson. Um, our outro is by Joe Kelly. Uh, I'll put those details in the show notes. And um, you, you uh, can find you, find us on Twitter. You can find us on Twitter uh, at Still Scared Pod or email us at Still Scared Podcast at gmail.com. Oh, and, and, and th- th- thanks to to whoever it was um, who may or may not be Ren sibling. Let, let's 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 assume <laughs> it's we're going to assume it's not. Uh, who left <laughs> a very kind review for us on on i on? It's not called iTunes anymore, is it? On on Apple Podcasts. If you weren't my sibling, you're now my adopted sibling. So. Uh, and Ren's actual sibling is no longer. <laughs> <laughs> so watch yourself, will I? Um, <laughs> um, do you have a sign off for us, Adam? Um, yes. Uh, ju- ju- just just to say that I'm preparing an analysis of our cash flow situation and comparing it with the predictions of my original business plan at the beginning of of the show's run uh, and our cash flow situation isn't so good okay <laughs> yeah yeah oh well uh, <laughs> see you next time spooky kids bye bye <laughs> yeah a bit of space uh, you know, I think we can't live yeah